Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash Great Detectives. I do want to encourage you, if you've not already, to pick up Slime Incorporated. It's my first mystery novel. It's a modern novel, but with a lot of nods to classic detective fiction. It's a story of murder and dirty politics set against the backdrop of the Idaho gubernatorial election. It is available as a paperback, as an ebook, or as an audiobook through audible.com or the Apple Store. You can find all my books, audiobooks, and ebooks at store.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Philo Vance. The original air date is November the 14th, 1946, and the title is The Coachman Murder Case. Here you are, driver. Please keep the change. Thanks, lady. Uh, you're quite welcome, I'm sure. Grace! Oh, Grace! David! What in the world are you doing here at this hour? Rather early, isn't it? You see, I have an appointment to interview your husband for my magazine this morning. Where did you come from? Oh, I've been away for a few days. My train just got in a little while ago, and I took a cab from the station. Really, darling? The fare from the station is about $2. Didn't the driver say four twenty? Did he, David? He must have come the long way. Uh, uh, c- come on to the house. Oh, I'm supposed to meet your husband out by the pool. He's going to demonstrate some tricks on trout fishing, which our readers will positively drool over. Well, that <laughs> magazine of yours gives you a good living, David. I wouldn't belittle it if I were you. Come on, I'll walk to the pool with you. Well, if it gave me a good enough living, you'd be married to me. Instead of Morton? Instead of J. Morton Zachary. You think it's his money I married? It certainly wasn't because you were in love with those specimens of deep-sea fishing which are mounted in his den. Or with the fact that he was perhaps the leading authority on the use of wet coachman flies for trout fishing. You're quite sure I would have married you if you'd had Jonathan's money? Reasonably. You know, Grace, I don't think I'll ever change about you. I think I've loved you from the first moment I saw you. Thank you. Well, here's the pool. You know, it's a sort of symbol of this whole place, all white and large. David! I see it, Grace. There's a body floating in the middle of the pool. Come on. It's Jonathan! Look what's lying on the edge of the pool. A fishing rod. A trout fishing rod. And the hook is attached to Jonathan. David, David, do something! I can't very well, Grace. There's nothing anybody can do for him. Now... Hey, 
Did you get him, Chief? Did you? I don't think so. Maybe winged him, but he got away through that window. Casey will pick him up downstairs. I put him under the fire escape. If I remember Casey, it's more likely the killer got him. Well, Morrison, we almost had our hands on him. Almost caught the phantom killer. Now, let's go downstairs and either grab our killer or revive Casey. Pretty corny, isn't it, Vance? I don't know, Ellen. Plays like this are relaxing. That they are. They practically put me to sleep. Oh, Vance, look, that usher seems to be looking for somebody, and you left word at the box office where you'd be sitting. Mm. Boy, boy, are you looking for Philo Vance? Yes, sir. There's an important phone call in the office. It's District Attorney Markham. Markham. Ellen, will you excuse me a moment, please? A moment? I might as well say goodnight right now. If it's Markham, it's a murder. And if it's a murder, I know I won't see you until morning. you men to go over every inch of the grounds. Somebody got in here early this morning and murdered Mr. Zachary and left some kind of a clue before he scrammed. Okay, now go out and find something for me. Rather excellent performance, Sergeant Heath. Resourceful homicide detective orders his men to bring him a clue. What do you expect they'll find? Nothing, D.A. Absolutely nothing. But I can't have him hanging around here at the pool either, can I? Oh, hello, Vance. Hello, Sergeant. District Attorney Markham and I just had a look at the late J. Morton Zachary. Pretty ugly knife he had in his chest. Any knife in any chest ain't pretty, Vance. Well, all I know so far is his wife and that magazine editor, David Douglas, found him. What about that fishing rod that was on the edge of the pool with the hook in Zachary's clothing? Yes, please, Heath, something about that. A prominent fisherman found dead in a pool with a rod and reel as accessories before the fact. Rod, reel, and hook complete with coachman fly as bait. Intriguing. I don't know about it being intriguing. All I know is I'm working on my day off. Well, the hook was attached to him, all right, and the rod lying on the edge of the pool. Why, I don't know. Or who killed him, I don't know. Glad you came, Vance. Certainly, Markham. I admire mystery plays. Ellen and I were seeing one when you phoned me. But I'm more partial to unusual real-life murder cases. Well, I gotta go to work. Hey, Morgan. Yeah? Get in that overgrown bathhouse and see what you can find. These articles on the ground here, the ones in the sergeant's handkerchief, I imagine they were found on the dead man. So I understand. Handkerchief, wallet with nothing unusual in it, and these keys. Oh, funny thing about these keys, Vance. Wonderful example of colonial architecture, Markham. The house, I mean, and beautifully kept grounds. Vance, I was saying there's a funny thing about these keys. Yes, I know. One of them doesn't open any lock belonging to Zachary. Do you know there's a definite resemblance between colonial and Now, wait and a minute, Southern... Vance. How could you possibly know that about that key? It's true, isn't it? Yes, it is true. Heath tried every one of them. Each one is for some different door or Zachary's office or car. But that shiny one in the middle, that's the one that opens nothing. Only, how did you know? Because it's the shiny one, Markham. Either it's a new key to an old lock, or it fits some door that was just constructed. Neither of which is very likely. Or it doesn't belong to any of Zachary's locks. Uh, where is Mrs. Zachary, Markham? In the house. Sergeant Heath asked her to hold herself available for questioning. He wasn't thinking of my questioning, I don't suppose, but I'm grateful just the same. If you don't mind, Markham, I think I'll join the lady. You were away for three.
three days, Mrs. Zachary. Came home this morning. <laughs> Took a cab from the station, found Mr. Douglas here on your arrival, and the two of you discovered your husband's body? Yes. Yes, Mr. Vance. How long had Mr. Douglas been here? I don't know. He said he'd just arrived. Then it's possible that he might have killed your husband. Oh, no! No! Not David! He couldn't do anything so brutal. Oh, it's David, is it? Know him pretty well, Mrs. Zachary? Yes. Yes, I know him quite well. I was engaged to him once. Well, that's quite interesting. What time did you arrive here this morning? About nine o'clock. Nine fifteen, maybe. What time did your train get in? At at eight fifty. Well, it's about a twenty minute cab run from the station. That would bring you here at about nine fifteen, as you said. Hmm. Mrs. Zachary, you inherit all your husband's estate? Yes, I I suppose so. It will be considerable judging from this house. Was he retired? No. He was the head of a number of corporations, something to do with the manufacture of rayon. You can find out all about that at his office. I'm not particularly interested at the moment, Mrs. Zachary. Where can I find David Douglas? If you've come to arrest me, Vance, arrest me. Only don't just sit there staring at me. I'm not a police officer, Mr. Douglas. All I want to know is, did you kill Zachary? No, no, I didn't kill him. I told you I had just driven up to his house a moment before Mrs. Zachary arrived. I was there, standing there, when she got out of the cab. I paid the driver. How much did she pay the driver? She gave him a bill, a $5 bill. Told him to keep the change. That's quite a sizable tip. I rode out to the house from the station. The meter only read $2. What's the difference how big a tip it was? Besides, the fare wasn't $2. It was four something. I heard that. Get through with me, Mr. Vance. Please get through with me. You're awfully nervous, Mr. Douglas. I won't be too long now. Coincidentally, I know that you were once engaged to Mrs. Zachary. Yes, yes, I was. Vance, listen, I, I, I know the police let me go, but that they're watching me, waiting for me to make a false move and daring me to make one. I, I, I can't stand this anymore. I can't, I tell you. I'm going to... If you kill yourself, Douglas, it's practically a confession that you murdered Zachary. You want that? Oh, no, I don't want that. I, I, I don't know what I do want, but it's not that. Here. Take the gun, Vance. Take it and go away. Please go away. Please leave me alone. Thank you very much, sir. Goodbye. Well, Ellen? Well, Vance, you were right in your hunch. The railroad information just told me that there is no 850 train that Mrs. Zachary could have taken. There was a 750, though. Hmm. So she arrived at her house an hour before she said she did. And she gave the cab driver $5 for a $2 run. Well, let's see now. She could have arrived at her home about 8, killed her husband, had the cab driver wait, then drive her around a while and back to the house in time to meet Douglas. Oh, got yourself a prospect, Vance? Three prospects. Mrs. Zachary, David Douglas, and a certain Hastings. Oh, uh, what may I ask are Hastings? They're people. Oh. And this particular one is George Hastings, assistant to the late Mr. Zachary. Have you seen him yet? No, I tried to, but he sent out word that he was too busy. I think I have an idea how to talk to him, though. It seems important to find out just what Zachary's rayon business means. Well, when you get that certain look on your face, you mean business yourself. Uh, a little bit higher, Frankie. Up around the shoulders. Ah, that's better. 
massage to keep you fit, is there? Uh, there certainly isn't. Oh, uh, waiting for Frankie to get finished with me? Yes, but there's no hurry. Always said I would know what I'd do if I couldn't run over to the gym a couple of times a week to get a workout and a rub down. Oh, uh, I haven't seen you in here before. It's my first visit. Well, you'll like it here. Okay, Frankie. You can hold it up. I'll just lie here and relax a minute. You can think better when your body's in top condition, I've always thought. Oh, you sure can. And I've got to be able to think. Think fast. I'm in Rayon's. Hastings, the name. How do you do, sir? I'm Robert Williams. Rayon's, did you say? Right. Read about that fellow named Zachary who was murdered? Mm-hmm. Well, I was his assistant. I'm taking over the firm now. Oh, is that so? Oh, yes, yes. That murder ruined the biggest merger ever attempted. Secret merger. Zachary, representing the East, and a fellow named William Bartlett, the West. Mm. Wow, what that would have done to the industry. We'd have monopolized it. Had to keep it secret, didn't want anyone to know. It doesn't matter now anymore, I gather. Nope, nope, the deal was dead when Mr. Zachary got killed. Really? Mr. Hastings, I'm not Robert Williams, as I said. My name is Philo Vance. Oh, I see. I tried to make an appointment with you, but you wouldn't see me. So I followed you here to the gymnasium. You did? What for? To find out what you might know about Mr. Zachary's death. It seems to me that you know a great deal about Mr. Zachary's business. Why shouldn't I know about it? Mr. Zachary never did anything without my help. No, Mr. Hastings. Not even die. I'm glad you came with me to pick up this David Douglas, D.A. I like having you along on cases when Vance isn't along with you. I don't know why that is, Heath. Vance never objected to you. Why should he object? I never outsmarted him, did I? This is the Douglas department right here. Wait a minute. Well, I'm pretty sure he did it, D.A. Just found out he was engaged to Mrs. Zachary before she married her husband. In that rod and reel business, that'd be right up his alley. Come on, open up in there. Open up. Oh, oh, that shot came from Douglas' apartment. Break down the door, Heath. Here, I'll help you. All right. <coughs> Once more, I think we've got it, Heath. All right. They're <coughs> in, D.A. Yeah. Oh, they're a little late. Mm. Look at him. Still holding the gun, too. Yeah, look around the apartment, Heath. And while you're at it, you might look around for another suspect who had as good a motive and opportunity to kill Mr. Zachary as the late David Douglas. <coughs> This is District Attorney Markham. The Coachman murder case opened when millionaire sportsman J. Morton Zachary was found dead in his swimming pool, a fishing knife in his heart, and a rod and reel and hook complete with Coachman fly attached to him. Philo Vance has been to see both Zachary's widow and a Mr. Hastings, who has taken over the murdered man's business interests, and who told Vance of an impending merger between Zachary and one William Bartlett, whom Zachary had never met. One of our men, Sergeant Heath, has just reported that Mrs. Zachary, who has not been detained by the police, has just had a visitor. This information has led us to... Miss Zachary, I'm sure sorry I never got to know your husband. From what you say, he sure was a grand man. He was. He was, Mr. Bartlett, the finest. It was nice of you to come down, especially since you'd never met either of us. You had to come, ma'am. Was going to be your husband's partner. Uh, I beg your pardon. Oh, shucks, ma'am. Nobody knew about it except him and me. 
We was going to have our first meeting up at my place. A meeting set up for today and get real organized. Sure was a shame. Well, now, ma'am, if there's anything I can do... This is terribly rude of me, I know, but may I please come in? Mr. Vance. I apologize deeply for this intrusion. I did knock on the door, but nobody answered, and the door was open. Uh, Mr. Vance, this is Mr. Bartlett. How do you do? Hi, son. Glad to meet you. Wish it was under different conditions, but glad to meet you. I was just going in case you got something to talk to Miss Zachary private-like. I'd like to talk to you, if you don't mind, Mr. Bartlett. Me, son? About what? About that merger you and Mr. Zachary were planning. How'd you hear about that? I didn't even know about it until just now, Mr. Vance. A private investigator makes it his business to find out things that people in general don't know. In this case, it wasn't very difficult. Well, son, what do you want to know about the merger? Oh, I guess just why you were merging and some of the details. Why? Because we've been cutting each other's throats, Zachary and me, for years. One way to stop being competitors was to become partners. But we never did get to meet on account of... uh, Well, asking your pardon, ma'am, on account of what happened here yesterday. (laughs) You'd never met Zachary, eh, Bartlett? I wanted to be sure of that. Nope, never. Now, I'll be going. Now, please call on me, Miss Zachary, if there's anything I can do for you. Thank you very much. Bye, Mr. Vance. Nice to have made your acquaintance. Thank you, Mr. Bartlett. It was nice meeting you. Now, Mrs. Zachary, I think it's time you and I had a little understanding. According to what I've found out, you arrived here yesterday morning a little after 8 o'clock, not 9.15, as you said. You... You found that out? Yes. I also found the cab driver who took you out here from the station. He said he drove you here twice. Once about eight, then he waited for you, drove you around a while, and then back, at which time you met Dave Douglas here. Well? I want to know why the double cab trip, and why you told me your train arrived at 8.50. Very well. I told you that because I didn't want to be suspected. I did get here earlier. I went into the house. I looked out, and I saw Jonathan's body in the pool. And all I thought about was to get away so fast and as soon as possible. The cab was waiting, so I got in. I rode to town, and then then I came back out here again. I believe that David Douglas thought you killed your husband, Mrs. Zachary, and committed suicide in the belief that he was taking suspicion from you. He must have loved you very much. He always said he did. But taking his own life was so unnecessary. I didn't kill Jonathan. I didn't. I didn't. I tell you. Perhaps you didn't. Perhaps the explanation of who did lies in that shiny key, the fishing rod, the reel, and the hook we found attached to your husband's clothes. We'll see, Mrs. Zachary. We'll see. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to call Mr. Markham and have him invite some people to a meeting at your swimming pool. Please, everyone, may I have your attention? Want me to keep him quiet, Vance? No, Sergeant Heath, thank you just the same. Now, we are in what I imagine was a combination bathing cabin and trophy room. Is that what it was used for, Mrs. Zachary? Yes, Mr. Vance, that's right. All of you can see that there is fishing equipment, (laughs) mounted fish, and fishing knives in this room. And that one of the fishing knives is missing from the box on my right. That is the state's Exhibit A. It's the knife that killed Mr. Zachary. Vance, Vance, must you go into all the terrible details? I'm sorry, Mr. Hastings. Now, you'll notice that there's a door leading from this cabin to the pool. It's only a few short steps. Mr. Vance, I sort of wish you'd stop wasting time and get down to cases. I will, Mr. Bartlett. All in good time. Now, it is my theory that Mr. Zachary and his murderer met out here early on the morning of the murder. There was a quarrel. In the heat of anger... The murderer seized a knife from this box 
and stabbed Mr. Zachary. Stop that, Mr. Vance, stop it. Vance, stop. Mrs. Zachary is fainting. Somebody run into the kitchen and get a glass of water for Mrs. Zachary. Thanks. Uh, the kitchen's right in there. Thanks very much, Mr. Bartlett, but it won't be necessary. Thank you just the same. I apologize again to you, Mrs. Zachary. I'm sorry, but I must continue. The murderer stabbed Zachary. He staggered back, as I'm doing now, and through this door. Please follow me, all of you. Yes, we will. That's fine. Thank you. Zachary staggered through this door. Teetered a moment at the edge of the pool, like this, and then fell in. Adam, he's floating face down out to the center of the pool. Vance! I'm all right, Ellen. Don't worry. Oh, dear. Give me a hand, will you, Markham? Right here, old boy. What in the world did you do that for, Vance? Because I already know who killed Jonathan Zachary. And now I know the reason for that fishing rod and reel. Uh... You can go now, everybody. Thank you for coming here. And the murderer? Well, I want to thank him for giving himself away. Well, Vance, we're here. You said to drive you here, and I did. Now tell me what this place is. It's the place, Sergeant Heap, that's going to give me the proof of who murdered Mr. Zachary. It's a hunting lodge. Look, you said after you fell in the pool that you knew who did it. I still know, but I need proof. You brought the key, Sergeant? The shiny one we found in Zachary's pocket? Sure. Only what makes you think it's going to open a door you never saw before? I'm the positive type. Come on, let's try it. Hmm. Come on, Eve, if you want to watch. I'm coming, Vance. Okay, there's the front door. Go ahead. One key, one little lock, one little turk. Having trouble, Vance? It doesn't seem to fit. Can't understand this. Wait a minute. This lock is brand new. So? So, maybe it's been changed since the murder. Heath, drive me to the nearest town so I can find the nearest locksmith. I refuse to admit a little lock can make me so very wrong. Yes, sirree. Did put a new lock on that front door, did it yesterday? Why'd you want to know? Why? Well, I can't tell you, but I can tell you this that I am completely indebted to you. Please accept this $5. <laughs> sure, I'll take it. Hey, tell you what, I'll give you the lock I took off that door. Got it right here someplace. Well, that'll be very nice. Thank you very much. I assure you, I'll never forget you for this. And I'm equally certain a certain Mr. William Bartlett will never forgive you for it. Look, Bartlett, it's four hours since we've held you here at headquarters. We've told you how we know you killed Zachary. Now, you tell us why you did it. I don't see why the why is bothering you so much, Sergeant Heath. Bothering me? Of course it's bothering me. We know you got down to Zachary's early on the morning you murdered him. You do, eh? Sure. And after you stabbed him and the body fell into the pool, you remembered that the key to your hunting lodge was in Zachary's clothes. So you grabbed the rod and reel. It was only a trout fishing rod, but you figured it'd be strong enough, and you threw the line out toward the body. Did I? Yeah, you did. The hook caught on Zachary's clothes. You started to reel in the line when you heard Mrs. Zachary arrive, so you dropped everything and ran. Why would I go through all that procedure, Sergeant Heath? Just to get back a key. 
Why shouldn't Mr. Zachary have a key to my hunting lodge? Because according to your own story, you were never supposed to even have known him. That's why. And that key tied you up to the corpse, but good. That little description I gave you just now, that's the way it happened, wasn't it? Who saw me? I can't tell you that. Why did you kill him, Bartlett? He tried to trick me with a frame contract. I wasn't to be a partner, just an employee. We fought about it, and that's how it happened. He had the key to my hunting lodge because we had to have a secret place to meet before anybody in the industry thought we even knew each other. I had to get the key back, just like you said. Heath, tell me, who was it saw me, Mrs. Zachary? Tell you the truth, Barnlett, nobody saw you. Nobody? But they must have. You knew the whole story. If nobody saw me, how'd you know? I didn't know. Philo Vance knew. But how he knew? Well, you can search me. Vance, please, can we play 20 questions? You need 20, Ellen. I'm not sure yet. Let me start with one... How did you know it was Bartlett? Well, Bartlett said he'd never met Zachary. Yet he knew where the kitchen of the Zachary house was. Remember his telling Heath where to get a glass of water when Mrs. Zachary almost fainted? Yes, but did that prove that he murdered her husband? No, but it made it obvious that he and the murdered man had been meeting here. And if they had been meeting here, it might be that they'd met at Bartlett's lodge. It might still further be that the shiny key Zachary had was the key to the front door of the lodge. It was, even though Bartlett tried to throw me off with a new lock. And that's all the proof you needed? Well, I helped a little. I stayed away when you went to Bartlett's Lodge, didn't I? Yes, you did. You know, someday, Ellen, our little enterprise here will be reading Vance and Deering, Private Investigators. <laughs> I can see it just as plain. Now, I can see something even plainer than that. I can see that we're at the end of the Coachman murder case. <laughs> Welcome back. I actually thought Heath got off a pretty good line uh, when Vance was essentially pointing out, saying, oh, that looks like an ugly uh, wound. And he says, any knife in any chest ain't pretty. And that's like true. Yeah, and fatal knife wounds never looks uh, nice. But it's one of those things that they say in murder mysteries at crime scenes all the time. It is kind of interesting in a way that they do have this level of 
a bit of resentment from Heath towards Philo Vance, which I don't really think is in the books on the same level that it is on the radio program, and certainly not in any of the movies I've seen. Though I think it might be a touch of realism, because Markham says to Heath, you know, he doesn't resent you. Well, why should he? I mean, uh, Sergeant Heath is just the guy that Vance uses to collect information from and half the time ends up making look a bit foolish. Alright, well some listener comments and feedback now. Mike is a little bit behind on the podcast, but sends well wishes for the pregnancy, which are greatly appreciated. And, uh, but then he does have a question. I do have a question about the end of The Silent Man. What a great show. I enjoyed every episode. In the final episode, you played Douglas Fairbanks Jr. gave a preview of the next episode. I'm wondering if he truly thought there would be another episode and the show was canceled unexpected, or if there was a missing episode at the uh, end of the run. Well, thanks, Mike. And I should have clarified, yes, there was a missing uh, episode. Uh, The last episode of The Silent Men is not actually uh, in circulation. And there's one episode from the middle of the run that's missing. Still, we have 27 of the 29 episodes, which is actually a really good uh, percentage. Particularly for the era it ran, late 1951 and early 1952 are not particularly kind for NBC a detective program. There's a big gap in Nightbeat, a big gap in The Man Called X, a big gap in Dangerous Assignment. So having 27 of 29 when your entire runtime was over that period is actually a remarkable success. Still, I definitely would love to hear those two missing episodes of The Silent Men, and if I stumble upon them, we will definitely bring them to you. Thanks again for the email, Mike. Now it is time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Brett, Patreon supporter since September 2020, currently supporting us at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Brett. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to rate and review it wherever you download your podcast from. We'll be back next week with another episode of Follow Vance. But coming up tomorrow, it's an adventure with the man with the action-packed expense account, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where... Expense account item one, $1.40. Cab fare and tip for ride from my office to Martin's gym. After receiving what little information there was from you by phone, I arrived at 1215 at 1084 6th Avenue in the heart of downtown. On the second floor, I found Dale Martin, a very nervous Adonis, seated at a desk in his office. A policeman at the door informed me that a Lieutenant Nathan of the homicide detail had stepped out for a minute and the coroner was expected soon. Mr. Martin? Yeah? I'm Johnny Dollar from the National Insurance Company. Oh, that's the outfit I'm insured with. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm here. I want to get the facts in case there's any claim. Now, tell me, what happened? I don't know. I went back to the locker room to check on the towels, and I found him lying on the floor. Found who? Uh, His name's Royal, Frederick Royal. He's been coming up here for over a year. Well, why did you call the police and not a doctor? Because I think he was murdered. Why murdered? I've seen a lot of accidents around this gym, but never saw anything like this. It it wasn't an accident. What makes you so sure? Well, it looked like his neck was broken. 
I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.